You're listening to the Girls on the Grid podcast with Tanaya and Freya. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Girls on the Grid podcast. I'm Priya, and I'll be hosting today's episode. And just before we get into it, I just want to firstly apologize because it's very, very rainy, very thundery. My dog is not happy about it, so he's being very loud. Um, so sorry if you can hear him. I, I don't actually know if he's coming through on the mic, but you might also be able to hear some thunder in the background. Um, yeah, so sorry about that. Um, speaking of rain and thunder, we had Sandown this weekend, the Shannon's Round, and Tanea is still there. I'm home, but <laughs> she actually could be possibly drowning right now she could be snorkeling or going for a swim it is very wet out there uh it was horrible um even here at home it's flooding and when I was driving back from Sandown this afternoon I couldn't even see the lines on the road so it was a very wet event I think uh there's been a bit of chaos happening especially in that TCR race uh, but yeah I was at Sandown this weekend working for Porsche with Airtime doing the social media and videos and everything. Um, today has got plenty of clients all across many categories. Um, and it, yeah, it's quite fitting that I was working with Porsche this weekend because today's guest is Matlena Pukala and she works for Porsche. So I caught up with her recently and she's actually going on to do some other things now, but uh, she's been very heavily involved with Porsche Motorsport over the years She's worked with the brand overseas um, and most recently in Australia for the last seven or so years as motorsport operations manager. So really important role and she has done such an amazing job. Uh, back in the day when my dad raced in Porsche Carrera Cup and I was quite young running around the paddock, I remember seeing Matlena running around doing some great work and She's done so well at her job and at the same time, she's just a very upbeat, friendly person um, and she's definitely had a big impact on me too, being a young girl back then and seeing her and many of the other women in the paddock doing some cool motorsport things back then. Um, But yeah, you'll hear more about this very soon. So let's go straight into this week's chat with Matlena Pukala. Welcome to the Girls on the Grid podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. You've been working for Porsche Australia for a number of years now. Um, When my dad raced in the category, I remember seeing you running around working extremely hard. Um, But I'd love to know how did this, uh, how did this role as operations manager come about for you originally? All right. So yes, this is... um... It's one of those stories where uh, one coincidence leads to another one, and then it just ends up working out. So I, um, I worked for, I started to work for Porsche in back in Finland. So I am from Finland originally. That's where I grew up, and I lived there until I was t- um, twenty four. So I um, was studying event management, and then I went to uh, uh, event management and product development. And one of the one part of my studies was to working an event. So I went and worked in a, for um, Porsche travel experience and in the ice driving programs in Finland. In the time, They happened to take place in the town 
where I was studying. So I did that for four years. I, um, in the meanwhile, during those years, I got an internship in Germany. So I went to Germany. I ended up working there for a travel experience, looking after tours in Middle Europe, mainly, plus then the ice experience in Finland. I left Germany and came to Australia 2009 to do a master's degree in international business. And this was always going to be just one and a half years here. But then um, I really loved Melbourne. I fell in love with Melbourne. I felt comfortable here. And I sort of ended up working overseas, working here, coming here. I was based here, but my work was overseas. I went back and forth for a couple of years. And then 2013, I decided to settle here. I had a job. But I was sort of, it was nine to five Monday to Friday job. And I was, um, I think I was missing the action in events. So one day I opened my emails and I received an email from Cameron McConnell, who was the motorsport manager at Porsche Castle Australia at the time. And he basically just emailed that my name is Cam and I don't know you and I don't, you don't know me, but we have this position and I don't know if you are in Australia or if you are looking for employment, but if you are, how about the chat? So I went and had a chat with Cam at um, in Collingwood in the Porsche headquarters. And um, the rest is history. So I um, started some motorsport operations and I was quite honest about it that I had not even visited an Australian racetrack. But Cam said, okay, perfect. We need someone that is passionate about doing a good job operationally, looking after it. We don't need a fan. So if we need someone who loves motorsport, We'll look for someone else, but we need now someone that can look after the operations. So that's something I could promise. It's like, okay, I'm, based on my past experience, I'm good at um, operations and I have a lot of experience working with Porsche clients. And then I started and I, um, yeah, so that's how I came about. That was 2014 in February, eight and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah. What a journey. That's really cool. But it, well, I said it was um, never like a, a pathway if someone yeah. thinks about oh I want to be motorsport operations manager or something else in motorsport it doesn't have to be a clear path straight away it can be sort of a journey yeah and you can make your way into it and you came into it so fresh as well just not having any experience too yeah or no idea that's the other way to put it yeah, yeah. but yeah. also no um no, um, I had no reputation in the motorsport, or I, but I also didn't know anyone. So I had no opinions or um, liaisons with anyone. Yeah. I would just, everyone was on the same page. And motorsport, it's so, um, it's a very niche sport. Like it's really a whole different world. Did How did you find it coming into it, having no background at all? So it was... Um, I probably what saved me is that I didn't know how much I don't know, but I um it was a extremely welcoming community. I can say that from the moment I walked in and the first people I met, everyone was there to help me to succeed because everyone wants this. Everyone wa- wants to work for the same thing, which is a successful category, a successful motorsport. So I've always received a lot of help and advice from the competitors, from Porsche Castle Australia, from people like your dad that have been around forever. So no one was sort of letting me to drop the ball and go like, oh, let's just see how she goes. Absolutely. I don't think I've ever had a situation like that. I've always been helped, even when I didn't know that I need help. 
So I found I found the motorsport community extremely welcoming and warm. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Because yeah, everyone just really gets around each other and is yeah. always there to yeah support one another. That's really good. And in the role, um, you've worked quite closely managing events and relationships with the Porsche Motorsport Group. Um, but can you tell us a bit about the role itself and what you get up to on a day to day? So it's my role currently. It's um, motorsport operations. So this is a, something that I've done since the beginning. So I started in operations only. So this is um, in category management. So this is basically liaising with promoters, event promoters like Australian Grand Prix, Supercars, Motorsport Australia in terms of Shannon's Nationals, um, Adelaide 500, the Bend Motorsport Park. So we are liaised with the promoters to basically take the category to these events. So I ask, they they ask me how much space do you need? How many entries do you have? And um, I work out the paddock space, truck parking, markets. I order all the garage space, lounge space, catering, TV feeds, power arrangements. I make those things. That's one side of the things. And then there's the other side of things, which is basically being the contact between the event and the competitors. So I look, I liaise with Motorsport Australia and our legal department to create entry forms and entry conditions. Our technical manager does our sporting and technical regulations. The um, All these come together and the competitors, they decide to enter the series and then they liaise with me with the entry forms, all the official documentation to get them basically entered in the competition. That's basically the event operations side. And then I also um, have picked up along the way. I've been, Postcast Australia has been very good. They've seen that I can and want to do more. So they've I've taken on more areas. So at the moment I do um, budgeting and finance, all the internal reporting, um, tenders, procurement, it's a um, global, Porsche is a global company, so there's a lot of internal processes that need to be met. Race car sales, so race vehicles um, are not imported the same way than road cars because they are non-road registered. So they basically don't even qualify as motor vehicles or they don't meet the definition of motor vehicle in Australia because you can't drive them on the roads. But there are all kind of, so I liaise with import companies and government departments to apply for permits, um, look through all the documentation. There's, um, that's one side of the things. It doesn't happen. It's It doesn't take too much of the time. I would say that the events take maybe, would take maybe 20 or 30%. And then the internal reporting is about 60% or the internal process is about 60%. And then this race car sales, and additional things is about 10%. Right. Wow. You're really just the glue that's holding it all together, aren't you? <laughs> so, so much that goes on. Um, and you said you worked for Porsche in Finland and Germany. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. So was the role kind of similar over there? or? So it was in events. I've always been in events. So I started as an event assistant in um, ICE experience. So this was... Basically, someone else had organized the event and I was just in the event itself, um, 
coordinating programs, customers, transfers, where does everyone go, dinners, um, things like this. I participated in all of them and got to know a lot of people, a lot of Porsche clients and a lot of employees through that work. So that was the part I did in Finland. Then in Germany, I was actually working in the office. So I was organizing this um, ice experience and other smaller events in middle Europe. So these were tours. So you would get, there was a couple of X number of Porsches and we would set up tours. So five Porsches in a convoy driving through middle Europe, stopping in really cool locations, like really good hotels and restaurants, handpicked and selected. So not only the five star, but the best of the five star. And um, not just a straight route from A to B, but selected routes. So we had tour guides that used to go out and map really cool roads to drive that really display what you can do with the Porsche, of course, um, within the legal requirements. So that's what I did in Germany. And then, yeah, so that's where I got my basically Porsche event background. Yeah. And do you find um, motorsport operates differently in Australia than it does overseas? I think there are a lot of similarities, but every country has a little bit different landscape depending of the people that work in it. And almost every category is also different depending. Some categories are very competitive and there are secrets and some categories don't have any secrets and they're very open and fun, just want to have fun. There are the serious ones and there are the less serious ones. So almost would say that motorsport is motorsport everywhere, but it's the people that work in it that make the difference. Yeah. And so was motorsport something that you always saw yourself working in or were there other career aspirations? I know you mentioned you worked in the military, which I didn't know. Yeah. So I um, motorsport was never a goal. It was sort of this, I like this operation. I like organizing things. I'm good with numbers. I love working with people. I love working with both suppliers, clients. Like you said, being the clue of something, Mm -hmm. knowing a little of everything and just being able to help a lot of people through that. That's something that I could apply the skill set anywhere, but I ended up applying it to motorsport. And I probably fell in love with the community and eight and a half years have just gone so fast. It's so addictive, isn't it? You it is so addictive. addictive. Like, I don't want to sound really old, but I remember you like eight years ago coming into the lounge. <laughs> with your I mom lived and in that lounge. I lived <laughs> yeah. in that lounge. Um, so I want to talk about the Porsche ice experience. So mm-hmm. this is obviously something we don't have in Australia. I don't think we ever will. <laughs> but <laughs> can you explain what the Porsche ice experience is and what sort of work you did for that? for that event okay so this is like the coolest event ever yeah yeah so it's um so porsche um porsche germany they organize a nice experience in it's been in finland since about 1999 maybe so it was maybe 98 99 and i started at 2004 so basically people fly to lapland they arrive and then they drive three days in Porsches on snow and ice so you drive on so the tracks are prepared and they there is different levels to the training so depending how advanced you are on driving on ice and snow and you basically go three days round on this snow and ice covered tracks and it it is completely different to 
being on a skid pan with water. It's a very different surface. You might have different tires. You might have spikes that all of a sudden give you whole heap more grip that you've ever had on a car. And um, so you, you drive three days. You have instructors. So you basically get divided into groups, two people in the persons in the car. You have maybe five cars in the group. And you have an instructor or two that look after you. So they tell you um, what the, what is the next track. Uh, they give you tips. They can even sit in the car with you and help you to drive. And I always say that if you can keep your car straight for three days without drifting, you get a special prize. No one's ever got a special prize. Yeah. That's cool. I'd be so worried though, because Porsches, they're such nice cars. Was there much, was there ever much damage or? Uh, well, the good thing is that you've got like a meter and a half of snow and snow okay. is can be quite soft. Yeah. So it's a lot of the, you'd see much more damage if you went into a concrete wall. Like yeah. sometimes there's snow if it, if it, um, if there is a rainy day, if there is a warm day and the next day it freezes, it becomes like a concrete wall and then you would see more damage. But um, generally the speeds are not that high and the, the tracks are designed to be quite safe. So usually when people go out, they would go into snow. Yeah. That's really cool. So yeah, that's awesome. You've done like a lot of travel and everything and I guess working for Porsche and being able to do it in so many countries is really cool. But what's probably your favorite track you've ever been to? Oh, so I think about so because I don't drive the tracks. So I yeah. think I think about how nice it is to go there. Like I um like operationally, I like um I like Sydney Motorsport Park. Yeah. Operationally, they've always been really helpful and nice to work with, and um, everything just works. So I've spent a lot of time there over the years because we've also done events with Porsche Carrera Cup Asia that require a much longer build, and it's sort of a permanent track where we test. So sometimes I feel like I've spent months there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's probably one of my favorite tracks. Like as a track itself, I like Bathurst. Oh, who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Like you, you can't like you can't go you can't not have a podcast about Australian motorsport without bringing up exactly. Bathurst. It's every yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, like and Bathurst twelve hour is an awesome event. Yeah, and I've only been involved just um, as a part of the as a part of the international team. So which is we are hosting international teams. So which is from podcast Australia. The motorsport team would just go to Bathurst International to host the internationals. And, um, I love the event. It's just well, it starts the season. Everyone's fresh after the break. Everyone's keen to go again. It's a standalone event, and the competition level is really high. So yeah, I, I have to name Bathurst as well. If I'm correct, I don't think Porsche ran in 2020, didn't it? Uh, 2020 was a non-season, so I think we got in two events. So we did Adelaide 500 and Grand Prix, and then that was the Grand Prix. The yeah. was the winner of the 2020 Australian Grand Prix because no one else had a race. Garagaf was the only category that actually had a race on that Thursday night mm-hmm. before everything got cancelled on I Friday. That. I remember. Yeah. That. What so, was that like though? Like that because with no motorsport running, kind of what what changed for you in your uh, it was a complete change of pace. So all of a sudden, instead of 
having a one or two flights a week and always getting ready for next event, we were all sent home. You probably experienced the same, did you? It was so weird. There was just nothing. Yeah, you look in the on the championship boards and there's just like this gap. In yeah, order, and it's all 2020. Oh. So 2020 was a non-season, so it was very odd. All of a sudden, be sitting at home and wondering what next. So we always um, tried to start the season. So Troy Bundy, the motorsport manager at the time, did a great job. Yeah, always keeping an eye on events that might or might not come and evaluating if it's viable for the category to go there. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do a season in 2020, so we didn't get enough events in. We actually did have a season 2021, so we had uh, four events and uh, five rounds, and that was enough to call it a season. So there was a championship winner as well. Yeah, yeah, good. And it's been good this year. Like, it seems to just be busy again, which is what everyone wants. Yeah, so this year introduced a new 992 Cup car, and um, we run at Townsville with 32 cars on the grid, which is the record in Australia. Oh, Wow. And really? um, for us, yes, we were the whole eight, eight and a half years, we've sort of been 24, 26. Okay. Yeah. That's been yeah. the maximum. And then it went to 31 this year and then 32 in Townsville. Yeah. So, yeah, right. that's pretty amazing. That is really cool. Yeah. So, you're obviously you're very passionate about motorsport and love the sport as a whole. For you, what's probably been the most rewarding part of your job? Or by far the relationships, the people I've worked with and the interaction, being a part of that community and having a role in it and knowing where I belong to in it, that's been by far the most rewarding bit. I can't even, nothing, nothing else comes even close. And is there anyone you've met along the way who's kind of had a bit of an impact on you or inspired you? I think everyone I've met so everyone that I've met has an, had an impact and has inspired me. Like I, I pick um, one reason example. So we at Sanda we had um, Girls on Track, the Motorsport Australia-led program that try uh, wants to encourage um, students or younger girls to come into motorsport and see it as a as a career path and option for future. So I've always wanted to be a part of it, but I've always been too busy to actually go there. And at Sandown, I had the opportunity to actually go there and be a part of that event. And I was so inspired by these girls that are at year 10. And they received a list of who is present. And they would look up the names and am I interested in engineering or events or communication? And just walk up and say that, hi, my name is Madison. And I uh, wanted to have a chat to you and ask you about what you do. And I went home like, oh, wow, this was so inspiring. Because there is all this, there's all this talk that motorsport is so male dominated. And, but these girls, they grow in a different world. Like we battle that label that motorsport is male dominated and females are something special in it. They won't even know about it. They'll just grow into this world where they are completely equal and these old times, like take 20 years from now and they'll be in their late 30s and working yeah. motorsport for 50 years and they don't even know that there was ever such a thing that motorsport being male-dominated. It's a, it will be a thing from the past. 
And if there is ever anyone who thought that motorsport's not for females, they're probably um, retiring and going yeah. out to natural courses. Yes. People. <laughs> yeah. So there might be still some, and I have to say personally, I've not, it's a very, very rare occasion where I've actually encountered something like this. I've always felt respected mm-hmm. just because who I am. Mm-hmm. Great. But, um, these, I was inspired by these year 10 girls that will not even know about this. So that's the future. And that's I love good. it. Yeah, it is. And I've even found in my job, you probably don't even realize the impact that you're having on these young girls. Mm-hmm coming around you and you just have girls come up to you and they're so keen and they just they're not worried about anything else it's yeah it's yeah. really good isn't it and that's yeah. really cool and i want to i want them to look at you and me and go like we're different ages but they we work in motorsport and they, i want them to look at you and me and go like oh yeah they're doing it mm-hmm. as well yep i can do it yeah yep. and don't think that we are somehow um standing out of the crowd because we are females you know we're just working in motorsport and they go like yep i saw this i met them and I can do it as well. That's what yeah. I want to do. Exactly. So that was probably the one of the, when you say inspirational people, that was very inspirational just mm-hmm. two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's, yeah, the good part of the job. Very rewarding, isn't it? When you see. It's amazing. It's I think that nice. being with people is so rewarding anyway. And being with people where you work together to contribute to something bigger, like an event. That's amazing. So um, Porsche Carrera Cup, the category as a whole, it's it's world class. I mean, the cars and the teams are amazing, of course. And you've got, you know, it looks great. You've got the big Porsche lounge, which I mentioned before I spent the majority of my childhood in pretty much. <laughs> um, but there's a lot that goes on with managing this whole category. So can you talk us through some of the other roles and what kind of happens behind the scenes to keep the category running the way it does yes so there is um a whole heap of people so i start with the motorsport team at postcast australia so we have a motorsport manager who oversees the whole program then there is underneath in the hierarchy because it's a german company you need to have a hierarchy so um there is myself in operations then we have communications manager media and communications manager then we have a, that is only who is only doing motorsport. Um, there is a technical manager that um, looks after the technical side of the things, so keeps in touch with Germany and talks to basically with the engineering background or technical background. And we've had we are, we are going through a restructure. So then we've had an assistant that has looked after um, looked after sponsorship deliverables and events within the events plus some admin stuff but she has now had a big promotion which she very truly also deserved and is looking taking over all the event related aspects and there is a new assistant position starting plus there is one more person coming into the team so it's it, the core team is about it's five it's five people plus admin support so this is just what Postcast Australia has dedicated to motorsport only. And obviously we then being a bigger company, there is, I work with legal department. So two lawyers, I work with finance, uh, finance controller, um, accounts payable, accounts receivable, uh, CFO, so chief financial officer. I work with HR, the uh, human resources. I work with 
occupational health and safety. So Postcastle Australia has a dedicated person for occupational health and safety. So this is someone that helps me to do all our safety plans and checks all our setup that we comply and that we don't um, cause any unnecessary risks. Uh, who else do I work? Public relations team in some of the less nowadays. I work with marketing team as well with different events. So they might have events within our events, activations. I liaise sometimes with the track experience in Australia. So basically you can, in Australia, you can book trainings where you drive Porsches up until the cup car. And then if you were to take it to motorsport, basically that's where the track experience stops. And then we would pair, if someone wants to go into motorsport, we would try to pair them with a team close to where they live, whatever state they are at. And then getting into a car, so they would have to buy a car or lease a car. And then the team would do test days and maybe stage rounds and get them up to the confidence level that they can join Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge, which is a feeder category. And then if they still want to go higher up, and almost every year multiple people do take this step, they um, end up to cover a cup. So that's, um, yeah, so that's basically the pathway from track experience to cover a cup. So I liaise with track experience as well. So there is a whole team at Porsche Castle Australia involved with getting everything done. And then there is obviously all the partners. So this is just to get everything planned. But then come an event, um, we have a commentator, we have a media team, so we have a videographer mm-hmm. and content That's producer me. on side. Yes, That's absolutely. Me. We have, who do we have? Catering team comes in, marquee builders come in, electricians come in. Um, we have event support, parts manager that manages the parts supply at the rounds. Um, race director from Motorsport Australia, driving standards advisor that we hire. Um, yeah, they're like is uh, like like it's quite a big team that comes together to make this happen. So we pay, this is what I call it the framework. So we set up the framework, but that's really just a platform for the teams to come in and bring their cars and um, the drivers to. It all culminates to that 20 minutes or 40 minutes on track. Exactly. That's the, yeah, that's the highlight. But when you look at that 20 minutes on the TV, it's just the tip of an iceberg. Yeah. It's it's so weird to think about all this effort and all the money and everything that goes on behind the scenes just to really make cars go around in a circle, isn't it? I know, but that's where I, I (laughs) I was recently at home and watching our races. And I go like, oh my god, this is just twenty minutes. And but what it's about all the other stuff? Everything else, they don't see it. They don't and that's the it. that's the part that I love. Yeah. That everything else, like yes, I do love the raising, and but it's hard as a, from for me, it's hard to watch it because I want everyone to have a really good round and fair competition. Yeah, of course. So sometimes I don't even watch our races. I just get the highlights. But I will. Yeah. I, I watch it on. I watched it on TV and go like, wow, it does look amazing. It does. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. And so, what is the what does the future hold for you? What are kind of the next steps for you in your career? So, next steps. That's a very good question because I'm working it out. Working it out. So I will leave my role soon. This one, and I've had an amazing eight and a half years where I've really been a part of the project and watched it growing and 
we've gone through some tough times, but with the support of the teams and competitors, we've always overcome those and always come out of it better, bigger and better. And when I say bigger and better, I don't mean more cars on the grid, but a better experience for the clients, for the teams, and also for all the suppliers and other stakeholders. So we want to be just easy, easy to deal with category. And watching this to happen eight and a half years, being a part of it has been amazing. So I um, am, I haven't quite decided where I go from here yet, but I think I will be right. Yeah, good. Yeah. You might see my name popping up very soon somewhere. And okay, that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Awesome. I think, yeah, I think one thing about motorsport, that if anyone is thinking of going in the motorsport, is that if you... Um, you get to know so many people and I have had people that have gone out of motorsport for a couple of years because they've been tired of traveling or they've just new family. But if you, you're welcome back also, you are, it's not like you step out and you never come back. Mm-hmm. You come back and it just picks up where you left it. It's a part of you, isn't it? Yeah. And I guess it's like what, it's like you said, you know, you dedicate so much of your life to motorsport with going around and traveling and doing, doing all that, all that we do for it. But is there anything else outside of motorsport that you enjoy doing? A whole heap of things. I, um, there are a lot of things that I enjoy doing outside of the motorsport as well. So I've, um, in the lockdowns when we were at home and all my travels stopped and I needed something else to um, take up my space. So I um, started another postgraduate degree. So I started um, to study psychology and I oh, really cool. like it. So it's it's in no relation to, or it is in relation to everything that we do, but it, I, I'm not doing it to become a clinical psychologist and have a complete turnaround. It's more to understand how the world works. And it's very, so I find it, it's something different to what I do day to day. So it balances it out. I um, love exercising. I think it's important to sleep and eat and exercise that keeps you going. I um, I have a little dog that I um, got just before the COVID thing started and yeah. then being stuck at home with her for two years, two winters. She's now a very well-trained dog. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy uh, working with her, training her, seeing where she goes. And she's a very unlikely dog to no obedience comments because she's a tiny little Boston Terrier. Ones that you normally take as a, just because they are funny dogs. But yeah. mine actually knows a lot of obedience. So she trains with Rottweilers and German Shepherds and Aussie Shepherds and all these big clever dogs. And she's just a tiny little thing, six and a half kilos. So yeah, that's another thing that I enjoy working with animals. Love it. Yeah, yeah and there is a whole heap of projects that um, I um, enjoy doing outside of motorsport. Keeping yourself busy. Yeah. That's good. All right. So what would your advice be for someone wanting to get into a similar role as you? So one of the girls asked that at Girls on Track, and I, um, I, um, I actually think that it doesn't matter so much what you study at school, as long as it's just something that you're interested in. You can still go into events. Obviously, if you pick event management or sport management, that gives you the excuse to actually go and work for someone that 
plus events, even if it's just a practice. But I would say that if you are organized and if you like to work with people, and if you like to constantly, if you enjoy making processes better and doing a better job next time, that's already a good start. So as an advice, I would say that study whatever you like to study, but um, go a volunteer, go and talk to the people in the motorsport scenes, contact them with LinkedIn, send a note, go to these Girls on Track events, talk to, connect on Instagram or LinkedIn with someone like yourself and ask that, hey, how did you get where you went? Do you mind if I come to this event and talk to you and just go out there? Great. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, Matt Lena, thank you so much for joining me on the pod today. It's been it's been really cool to chat from when I was a young girl seeing you in the paddock <laughs> doing all that you did. It definitely uh yeah, definitely inspired me in what I do in motorsport now as well. So yeah, and you've done such a great job in the sport and had an awesome career. So it's really cool to see and wishing you all the best for your next adventure. Oh, thank you so much. Like it's I think that I can contribute to it by keeping it going and then encouraging anyone else to come in. You know, you've done an amazing job yourself. You found you could have gone so many ways and so many places with your background and connections, but you found your way where you're really good at what you're passionate about. And I think that's that's inspirational. Thank when you. I first met, I didn't know where you're going to slot in. You could have just gone outside. But you no decided to go right in it and do things where you're really good at. So good on you. Oh, thank working you. It out. Yeah, great. No, thanks for coming on. No problem. Big thank you to Matt Lena for coming on. It was so good to chat. I just love the passion she has for this sport and she's done such an amazing job over the years. So wishing her all the very best in her next adventure. But thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our socials and stay tuned for next week's episode. We have one out every Monday morning. So we'll see you next time. Have a great week. You've just listened to another Network R production. 